You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can follow along with the notes for this message and get better connected with our church by visiting church2911.com connect. Now, here's Pastor Rick or another member of our team with this week's message. Okay, so, all right. Vision Sunday. Why do we do Vision Sunday? We did it last, last year for the first time, two weeks before Easter. Great time to do it because uh, we're, you know, right before Easter, we're going to have a bunch of brand new first-time attenders at Easter. So great time to do a little vision casting and a little reminder. And this is the reason for it is because we want to remind ourselves, you know, if we're not careful, it's so easy to fall into habits. Most of the people sitting here in front of me today, most of you right now, you were not going to church before you came to 2911. But even, even though you weren't going to church, a lot of you had like a, a church history. Maybe you were raised in church, or maybe you went to Sunday school as a kid, or something like that. And so you've got a little bit of that history. Or even if you've never been in church at all, you've probably got an opinion about church. Most people do, right? You know, so we have these things in our mind, stuck in our mind, you know, and a lot of us, we grew up in church and and so we have these things stuck in our mind and if we're not careful it'll it's so easy to kind of fall back into the rut or to to, to think and do the things that we want to do or or, or want for and uh, those things instead of staying focused on the vision so that's why we need to talk about the vision over and over and over we need to stay focused on that because God really has given 2911 a different vision and uh, I think you agree with that if you get it and understand who we are, what we are, and I'll try to share some of that with you so you really do kind of get that. But I remember early on, uh, not long after we launched, this was in our old building, uh, there, there were several times that this kind of thing happened, and I'll just share one of them with you real quick. And uh, there was a lady that after church, it was her first time at 29, she was looking for a new church, first time at 2911, and uh, she was visiting around to other churches. So that told me, at first, okay, she came from another church, so she's not our target. At 2911, our target is people that aren't going to church anywhere. You know, we're not really targeting. You know, it's a, it's a cool thing when your buddy who goes to another church, you know, comes and visits here, right? And or your girlfriend, you know, comes and you just want them to sit by you. You know, that's a cool thing. But they're not our target. That's not who we're going after. So this lady was coming from another church, just looking for a different church. And so I realized, okay, she's not our target. But she asked me this question after the service was over. She said, are you ever going to have an organ? You know, the kind that you sit down and play. You know, and we have organ sounds right here. Sometimes you'll hear Jeff, he'll play an, an awesome job with it. But she was wanting to know if we would ever have an organ. And so here, here's what I, I, I immediately realized, you know, like I said, okay, she's not our target. And if she's looking for an organ, she is never going to be happy at 2911. One, one, because we may never have a, an organ that looks like an organ up here. And, and two, because she's not focused on how can I get here and help you reach somebody who is not in church today? Her focus was on what was important to her. Now, I don't mean this demeaning or in an ugly way, so I said it as tactfully as I could, and, I, I, you know, and I've, I've done this quite a few times, is, is I said, listen, asking that question tells me that an organ is very important to you. And so I, I, I told her about a local, actually, I told her about Christway. Brent was uh, still on staff there at Christway at that time, and I got a lot of friends at Christway and friends with a pastor and their new pastor and, and uh, very comfortable with their ministry. And so I just recommended she go there. And, you know, and I, I didn't want her to think that we didn't have an organ just because we didn't know any better. I wanted her to know that, you know, I had a music background, and so I know what she's talking about all that. So I just told her. I said, because at that church this morning, right now, there is a Hammond B3 organ with an 
Exterior, Leslie Speaker. I haven't been through with Leslie Speaker being played right now by a lady that really knows how to play the organ. And so why don't you check them out that next Sunday, okay? And I, 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 wanted, her to, I wanted her to know that, and I wanted her to be released to go somewhere that she wanted to go because she was not our target. She was not our target. Jeremiah 2911, you see the shirts around, right? Uh, 2911 shirts, when people, you're out in the community, people ask you about, you know, what's 2911, and you get to share that. Jeremiah 2911 is one of our, one of our scriptures that our name comes from. And it, it, it just says this when, when God was speaking to Israel. And he says, I know the plans I have for you. Plans for good, not evil. Plans to give you a future and a hope. Now, we, we hear that, and a lot of times we're like, wow, isn't that amazing? God, God's got these big, awesome plans of all this stuff he wants to do in my life and do for me and give to me and, and all that. And, and, and we think that, right? We hear that and we think that. But there's another side of that, isn't there? Isn't there another aspect of that? Is that God's not only got a great plan of what he wants to do in you and for you, he also has an awesome plan of what he wants to do through you for the people around you. People out there that he has dreams for, that they don't know how to, they haven't yet connected with him, they, they haven't got a clue of how to actually get God's awesome dream happening in their life. And so God is dreaming not just what he can do for you, he's dreaming what he can do through you for someone else. And so that's what, that's what our target is, and that's what our vision as a church is. And because of that, you know what's happened? I said it a few moments ago, over half the people who attend 2911 regularly were not going to church anywhere before coming to 2911. If you were in church before you came to 2911, you are in the minority sitting right here in this crowd. And that's an, that's an awesome thing, isn't it? I remember when, right after we moved here to, to the Civic Center, I remember that I got to get up one Sunday morning and tell everybody, hey, we just passed the 50% mark over half the people. That was four plus years ago, almost five years ago now. And then I remember getting up and being able to, to say that number was 57%. And then I remember getting up and being able to tell, tell you that number was 61%. I'm going to give you a new number today, okay? Do you know what the number is now? Of the people who are attending 2911 regularly, how many of them were not going to church before coming to 2911? Here's the number now 69.2%. Somebody, yeah! That's awesome! That means pretty much seven out of every ten people sitting here were not going to church anywhere before here. How does that happen? I've had pastors ask me that. How, this number is not just big, this number is astronomical. I have people ask me, how do you do it? Let me tell you, you don't do it by accident. You have to stay laser-focused on the vision that God has given you to reach a number like that. I don't know another church that has a number like that. Okay, I'm not saying there aren't any. I believe there probably are, especially in other countries. But I don't know, I don't know a church, and especially here in the Bible Belt, I don't know a church that's got a number like that. So let us remember, we don't come to get what we're wanting to get. We come because we have a vision. 2911 is all about the vision that God has given us to reach somebody that does not yet know Jesus Christ. Okay? So I want to share with you a little bit of more about how we do that. Show you, and this is a, a pie chart of our, uh, of our expenses. And the, uh, we've taken the, the last two years and we've averaged this out, and these are percentages and all those kinds of things. So I want to talk to you about, the, about these things and the, the areas that we really focus on. And the first one that I want to talk to you about is missions and benevolence, okay? And uh, some of these I'll, I'll be able to give you some figures and throw out because I remember them off the top of my head. Others I won't. 
Uh, and I, I'll just tell you that the church budget is about $350,000 a year. So you can kind of break it down. This is what we spend that on. And, you know, I'll, I'll talk more specific numbers if somebody's got questions, those kinds of things. But, but today I want to talk about the percentage because it's the percentage that's really important. I've asked Lexi to come out and help me as we talk about missions and benevolence. I'll tell you this. I'm sorry. Uh, I'll tell you this about, you know, the benevolence part of it. Uh, it it's, it's about, about $10,000 over the last two years that we've spent on just benevolence. And let me tell you about your church. Here's what we do. If somebody comes to us with a need, we, we help them with that first need without question. But then we say, you need to get in counseling or attend one of our Financial Peace University small groups or something like that, or we can't help you anymore because you've got to be helping yourself. Okay, that, that's how your church does this. And so we, we try to help without any questions asked when somebody has a, because, I mean, everybody has a, you know, some problem every once in a while. So we try to help them, but then we want to get them into that. Okay, so, but, so that's that amount. But the biggest part of that missions and benevolence uh, slice of the pie is missions. In the last two years, Church 2911, we have spent and given and put in over $49,000 towards missions. I told a missionary that two, year, two, two months ago when I was talking to him, and uh, he, he talked about how amazing that was for a church this size to put that kind of money into missions work. Well, there's reasons and ways we do it. We'll talk about that in just a few moments. But I've asked Lexi to come help me with this a little bit. So, Lexi, if you will, share some of the areas where we're already involved in missions work across the, across the world. Yeah, absolutely. So here at Church 2911, we are involved in several ministries across the world, but also we support several missionaries literally all across the world. And some of those include Angie McInvale, who... Uh, almost 20 years ago now, has started Hope House in Honduras. And Hope House is a home for children in Honduras who aren't necessarily orphaned, but they are abused, abandoned, neglected. So she brings these kids in and shares the love of Christ with them, gives them love of a family that they have probably never known before. So we support Angie, and we've even sent a missions team down to Honduras here from 2911. Yeah. We also support Reagan Bryant, who is from this area, grew up in Gardendale, and she just recently, last week, I believe, she has moved to Romania, and she'll also be working with children there. Uh, and uh, even more recently, we've started partnering with a missions outreach organization in Mongolia, yeah. so even a little bit further, and we're also involved in several anti-human trafficking organizations. So A21 right. is a global organization that we support pretty regularly, and we've also been doing some uh, anti-trafficking outreach in India. Yeah, and A21 is something that you're very connected to. She's kind of the reason we got connected with A21. Okay, so I asked Alexia if she would kind of hurry through that list a little bit because I really wanted her to be able to have some time to tell us about her trip to India. And, and the trip to India was not like a, a missions trip, you know, because those are like a week or so. This was a ministry trip of two months, an excruciating amount of time for her parents to allow her to be in India. Share with us some about the trip because I know a lot of you gave tr to help her go. Yes, so the first two months of this year, all of January and February, like Pastor said, thanks to you, thanks to our church, I was able to spend that time in India, particularly in West Bengal, in a place called Sonagachi. So I was living and working in Sonagachi, which is actually the largest red light district for human trafficking in all of India. And so there I was living and working in this brothel area with these women that are victims of human trafficking in India. And what I was doing there is working with freedom businesses. And what a freedom business is, is a normal business. They make products, they employ people, they sell to markets, 
here in the US, all across Europe, other places, but they intentionally employ women who have been victims of human trafficking. And so with that, they found that poverty is the main cause of trafficking that is so rampant all around the world, but especially in India. So they found that poverty is really the root issue. So rather than just sending in a, a squad to rescue them out, and then they're really left with no place to go, what they found is that they can build, start these businesses in India and employ them. And through employment, that's how these women are able to find their freedom. So not only do they have a job, they have a job that they're proud of. They're no longer ashamed. Their families are not ashamed of them. So they can go to these jobs. They have health insurance. Their children are supported and put through school. They have a retirement plan for the first time ever and health screenings, things that they have never had before because they have literally been enslaved for some of them their entire lives. So I was able to work with these different businesses. And in particular, I was working with one that is pioneering. They are starting a brand new freedom business in a part of India where there is a massive red light district that no one is there working with them. So a lot of the days did look a little boring, some might say. A lot of it was things you need to do to start a business, like open a bank account, register your business with with your district there, things like that. But it was all going toward building a business that could employ women out of trafficking and help them find freedom for the first time. And of course, they don't just stop at providing them a job. They also share the gospel with them and they're able to find freedom in the way we know is the best way, not just through employment, but through Jesus. You also share with us a prayer team and nevertheless about a tragedy uh, from India this past week. Share a little bit about that. Yes, so uh, the couple that I was staying with while I was in India, they got married this past December 31st. Very young couple in their mid-20s, and uh, tragically, they had lived there for three months, and tragically last week, he, uh, Tim, he uh, had a heart attack, and he passed away. So this is someone who is 30 years old, very healthy, uh, a military veteran, and so it's, it's a really tragic situation that they're facing. Okay, and uh, there is some financial need. If that's something you'd like to help with, getting the body back here and her flight back here, I don't know if you've ever flown somewhere like India, but getting a last-minute flight <laughs> all the way around the world like that is very expensive, and the funeral costs here, and those, if you'd like to give toward that, you can drop uh, some money and just an extra offering in the offering bags on your way out the door. You can go online and just, just if you do that, just make sure you say something about Tim was his name or India, anything like that, and we'll know that that's where it needs to go and we'll, we'll get that to them. Or, or if you'd like to make something more substantial and you'd like to ask a few questions, see Lexi after service and she'll be glad to do that. Okay, Lexi, thank you for uh, sharing some uh, mission stuff with us today. Appreciate your time in doing that. Amen. Amen. Okay, I'm the one that took so long in the first service, I'm going to really hurry right here. I'm going to move talk about events real quick, and uh, I've asked Kristen if she would come and uh, share with us about events. Kristen is our family pastor, and most of our events center around that, so that's why events have fallen under her portfolio as well, I think, the connection that is there. So Kristen, um, most of us know about the big, the big events, so tell us about some of the little ones first that maybe we don't think about. Things like Mother's Day and Father's Day or... Maybe a few weeks ago, y'all remember eating green donuts. Um, just days that we get to make kind of special. For the whole church, we get to do something that just takes it to another level. And so Mother's Day, Father's Day. But then there's also things like 
dedication, child dedication and baptism, where we get to make something special for an individual for a very important day in their life or a family. Um, so those are some of the things that we just do throughout the year for us. Okay, so then what about the big things then? Let's get to that. Well, one of the great things is that being here at 2911, it's not about us. So our small events are maybe cool things that we do during service or around those things, but our big events are things that are for communities, and they're things that don't minister to us, but they're things such as Summer of Serve, which is coming up, and we get to help you go into your communities, your work, your school, the people around you, and serve and do things that you um, can use to impact and connect with people. But also, we have the Great Pumpkin Bash, which we do every year, is big and exciting. And this year, we have a new thing coming up, and that is the Great uh, Egg Drop, and it comes up in less than two weeks. And we're getting to go to Graysville and do some awesome things there. Okay, so for people who don't know what an egg drop is, share that. We are dropping 10,000 eggs, actually 10,000 plus eggs, from a helicopter in the Graysville area, and we will have inflatables and treats and fun and candy, but it's just kind of our take on a egg hunt, just something different, exciting to draw people and to get to reach out to them. And why Graysville? Why do we pick Graysville? Around here, sometimes I think Easter, we kind of get to pick maybe what church or what things we're doing. But in Graysville, they don't always have the same opportunity to pick those things that we do. So this is a chance to go somewhere that maybe people wouldn't have the opportunity to do something cool or fun like this. Draw people, um, get to offer things to them that they wouldn't have. And also, we've got to, we got the chance to go to Graysville at Christmas and do right. pop-up services. Um, which was really cool and awesome, but we want those people to know that, hey, we're not just here for a service one time a year. We really want to start connecting in that community, and so this is a great opportunity to do something that says, hey, we're here, and we're here for you. Amen. Okay, so uh, let me ask this question. Why do we drop eggs out of a helicopter? You know, because, I mean, it's a cool thing, right? Right? That's exciting, but why, why would a church drop eggs out of a helicopter? We could do things that were just what we like, or we could do things that were more maybe church-driven, but God didn't call us to do that. He called us um, in Acts 1-8. He said, he told everybody that we would go into the areas. He named areas around there, and he talked about how they would go into their cities, into their communities, and eventually into all the world and speak about him. So we want to go into other communities. We want to take things to other people and not ask just people to come into our doors and our walls. This is an opportunity for us to go there. And what better time than Easter when people are looking for somewhere to go. Let's do something awesome that will draw them to that and meet a need. They're, they're going anyway, so let's go ahead and do that. What about Halloween? We give up our time that our kids want to trick-or-treat or our kids want to celebrate or our kids want to do things because this is the one time of the year that people get out and they come and knock on people's door. They're looking for somewhere. So we try to pick those days to go into the community and reach them. Awesome. Sounds great. Thank you, Kristen. Thank you for that. All right. So I got to hurry here because I went way too long in the, in the first third. And I got a couple more interviews for you in just a few moments. But, but I want to talk about some of the boring stuff up there in the pie chart. You know what I mean? I mean, missions, that's awesome, right? Events, that's crazy. Awesome. But a couple of uh, boring things, see if I can help them not be so boring to you, is that little green there toward the bottom, the facility. Uh, oh, man, to talk about that kind of stuff. Yeah, we can talk about that. And also the uh, general operations, that yellow up there at the top. You know, just, just the stuff of, uh, you know, insurance, uh, supplies, coffee. I got reprimanded several times because I made a derogatory comment about coffee in the first service. Uh, uh, but coffee's important to a lot of people, right? Uh, okay, but this whole thing about facilities... Uh, 
you know, we didn't, let me, let, me, let me share this with you. We did not choose to be at the Gardendale Civic Center. It was a God thing. It happened. We, we were looking for, we actually had a place we thought God was sending us. We were going, we had something that God, we felt like was dropping into our laps. And it just got shut down. We weren't able to go there. And then this happened. Ten days before we had promised to be out of our last building, we got permission to come here. And Easter will be five years that we have been at the Gardendale Civic Center. And let me tell you, let me tell you, let me give you three reasons why this is an awesome place to be. All right. Um, and like I said, listen, you know, we didn't plant, we didn't plant 2911 assuming we would be a mobile church for five years. And we don't know how long we'll be here. But, but God did this thing. And it's, and it's been an awesome thing. But here, here's the big thing is the amount that we spend on a facility. Now, it's a big, big rental amount. I, I don't want to say it publicly. I'd be glad to talk, you know, like I said, if anybody wants to ask. Uh, but it's, it's a big amount. But it's all of our overhead. It's, it's all of it. We, we don't pay utilities on top of that. You know, we don't even have a janitor you know, that, that we have to pay and all those kinds of things. And, and so, so the amount of our facility and storage rent where we, we, we store our, our trailers throughout the week and, and a few other things that we have, when you consider that and you compare it to national averages, and that's the kind of thing we do, we, you know, keep a check on, make sure you know, our budgets are staying in line with those kinds of things. When you compare it to the national averages, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's about basically if we were to spend what most churches our size spend on a facility, it would take up that green for facility. It would also take up the yellow training, discipleship, and small groups. It would take up the advertising, the blue, and the missions, and benevolence piece of the pie and about half of the events piece of the pie do you understand you got to understand by being here how much more we're able to put into things as a matter of fact until I, I can explain it to you this way is by being here and the the amount of money we're spending here to only be here on Sundays and Wednesday nights you know and, and occasionally some other things by by just doing this we are spending twice as much in missions as most churches our size we're spending twice as much on events to our community as the average church that is our size. We're spending twice as much in ministries, even the ministries that happen on Sunday morning just to us. We're spending twice as much on that because we're spending less than half as much as most people spend on their facilities. So that's a, that's a great reason to, to embrace what God is doing for us right here. But here's, a, here's two other reasons, okay? Is one is because everyone has something awesome to do for Jesus. You know, and in, and in most churches, listen, because I, I pastored quite a few years before we planted 2911. I can tell you, in most churches, there's just a few things that, that people can do. In a church that's mobile like this, we got all kinds of stuff for people to do. And everyone has something awesome to do for Jesus. You know, just what, whatever, you know, you may think that you don't have any gifts or you don't have any abilities. No, you've got something awesome to do for Jesus. And thirdly, here's another reason that this is so awesome, is because God has put us right in the middle of community life. I mean, everybody knows where the Gardendale Civic Center is. I mean, you know, that, that's one of the things. You, even, even as good as our last location was right there on Mount Olive Road, you still had to say, well, you know where this is. But when you say, somebody asks where your church is, and you say Gardendale Civic Center, everybody knows where that is. We're in the middle of this. As a matter of fact, this is where a lot of people come to work out or, or they come for something. And if they don't come to work out or walk on the track or their kids don't play basketball here, They've probably come to a baby shower or some other event here. Everybody knows where this is. So, so many reasons that God has blessed us to be in this place. 
But that first one was, I want to get back to that one because I want to roll this into some ministry talk here in just a moment, okay? Because since, since we spend so, so, le- so much less on, on uh, facilities and, and, and those things and our, and our general operations and those kinds of things, we're able to just spend much more on the ministries. And a lot of these ministries you know about, like you know about small groups, right? I mean, you, you can't come to a, a church service at 2911 and not hear something about small groups. They're integral to who we are. You know about worship. I mean, we just had worship. You know about that team. And, you know, we've got the expenses there, and we've got all the people that are serving there and all those things. We've got a safety team, uh, you know, and, and also uh, uh, our wow, great greeter team and all the things, you know, when they, you came in and they greeted you and all of that. And then we've got some, we've also got some teams that, um, you know, I mentioned those first. We've also got some teams that have some needs, okay? And I say this because coming up is Easter. Two weeks from today is Easter. And at Easter, we'll have our biggest crowd ever. We need some extra hands on deck for Easter. You know, you might not, you might not be able to join a team, you know, in perpetuity kind of thing, you know, but you can help out on Easter. And so I want to encourage you to do that if you can, okay, in two weeks. And here's some of the areas. That we, we always need help on, with the load team. And let me tell you, say this about the load team. The, the guys and the ladies that help load in and load out every week, they are the ones that help keep that pie looking like that because of them. Because, I mean, we have to move in and out every week. So the load team is the, is the ones who keep that pie looking like that because if it wasn't for the load team and we couldn't move in and out every week, then all those other things would be taken up. A lot, all those other things would be taken up by the expense that we would have if, if we went out and purchased a building today and, and start paying... Uh, mortgage and insurance and utilities and all those kinds of things. So the load team, they help us with that. And I want to really encourage you, we need about eight guys and ladies to join the load team right now. And I mean, seriously. And I'm going to tell you how to, how, to, how to do that in just a few moments, okay? But then also the Connect team. Now, they're the people that make coffee, but I, this is what I said I got in trouble for in first services. The coffee isn't really what's important, Okay. Uh, I, I try to say that a little differently, so I want to offend you coffee drinkers. I don't drink coffee, so it's not, it, it, but it's not the coffee. It's what happens when people are drinking coffee. It's what happens. It's, it's the connection that people are making. And so, you know, if you're a friendly person, man, we need you, and we're going to need a little extra help Easter in two weeks. And so you can sign up just to help with that if that's all you think you can do and just help with that. But then also uh, we have the production team, the guys back there running lights and sounds and all that. You know, and, and you, know, you may think, well, I, I, don't, I don't know how to do any of that. Well, listen, if you don't have a musical ear whatsoever, you, don't, you, you can't hear parts and all that kind of thing, we don't want you anywhere near our sound booth, okay? We don't want you anywhere near that soundboard. But everything else pretty much back there is computer. You know, you, you click a button, you know, and, you, and the lights change. They start moving around and doing things. Or, you know, you click a button, you know, in a, in a list that's been built up for the service, and, you know, the, the slide changes to the next thing. And so, you know, anybody that runs a computer can help out with a production team. There's also one more little area. It's not a team by itself, but it's part of the WOW team, and that's the, the golf cart. I love the fact that the, the joiners kind of have taken this on as their thing. But, and, you know, and, and it, they're like most of the people that are serving. It's like they want to do it. They don't care if they do it every week. They want to do it. They want to do it. They want to do it. But, you know, sometimes they may be sick. They may have to be out of town. They've got a death in the family or something like that. We've got to have some people to fill in and just do it. And I, I think, I, I, I don't know if you remember, but one, 
one Sunday last year, I drove the golf cart. I just wanted to do it, just see what it was like, because I thought that was an awesome thing, and it is an awesome thing. Get to connect with people and talk to people, make their day. Let, now, I've got to tell you, it, when it's pretty outside, everybody doesn't want to ride the golf cart. A lot of them say, I want to walk today, but you, know, you, you just wait till it rains or something like that, and you, you'll be everybody's best friend when you're out there. So all those kinds of things, and, and how do you sign up for those things? Here, here's the way. R you can really easily just go, we'll, we'll tell you where this link is. You can go to a link, and you can sign up and say, I'll be willing to help on Easter. I'll be, I want to join a team. If you want to ask more questions after the service, uh, there'll be a lot of the team leaders will be back there, in, I think, in this corner. And uh, if you don't know who's who, go find Lexi. You know who Lexi is, right? Your ADD hadn't kicked in where you forgot the first little lady that was up here. Go find Lexi, and she'll help you find the right leader. But here's the third way is, again, growth track is happening 10 minutes after this service is over. And uh, so I encourage you to go there and less than a half hour and you'll hear everything that you need to hear and, and you'll begin to start getting connected, okay? All right, so now what I want to do is I want to share with you uh, all those ministries, talked about those, but I left three out, okay? Three ministries that I also want to talk to you about just real quick, as quick as we can do and wrap these up. And uh, they're going to be probably a lot quicker than I am. Uh, so I've asked Becca and Justin if they'll come out and, and uh, share with us. Becca is our kids pastor at 2911. Justin is our teens pastor at 2911. So I want to ask them to just kind of get started by sharing with us the new stuff, what's going on, changes, or any of that kind of stuff going on with kids and teens at 2911. Okay. Um, 2911 is, there's a lot of exciting changes happening right now. Um, we're experiencing what I refer to as the 2911 baby boom. So far, every single month this year, we've had a new baby join our church and that's just so exciting and we've got two more coming next month and then several more coming over this summer so with all these babies that's so wonderful and amazing but that also means we would love to have you join us um, you know whether working in nursery we've got um, nursery we've got younger kids we've got our older kids anywhere we would love to have you um, something that we actually just changed this morning was we got a new curriculum and so far we are loving it. This morning we're talking about how the cross represents love and um, how, how what Jesus did rep for us represents his love for us. And so how can we represent our love for Christ? And that would be by serving him. And so we would love for you to come join us in 2911 Kids. Yeah. And uh, for teens, we have a lot of big things happening uh, at teens on Wednesday nights. But one huge thing that we're starting uh, this month is Vision Night. So one Wednesday out of each month, uh, we just vision cast. We uh, we actually getting the staff and uh, interns that are going to be interning throughout the year to come and just talk about the vision of the church and the vision that the church is helping them with their dreams and all that. So it's going to be a great time with that, and we just want to birth that vision into their lives, and so they can just take it, um, just like uh, we do here on Sundays, and they can just uh, dream big with us. So. Okay, and I know both the, both ministries have things going on on Wednesday nights, so talk to us a little bit about that, Wednesday nights. Yeah, and uh, so Wednesday nights, it's a big night for us. It's, it's the most important night in uh, 2011 teens. We, uh, we do a lot um, here. It's actually right here, and uh, it's just a really good time for the teens to come and just be free and, uh, and be a teenager because right in 2019, teenagers aren't able to be teenagers a lot of them yeah. uh, most of our teenagers actually have full-time jobs work 30 hours a week to support their families or to help support their families 
because you know their their parents aren't together or whatever the reason is. So yeah. on Wednesday nights is a night that they can relax and be teenagers. Yeah. Amen. Um, on kids, we have a special night that's just uh, designated just for the sole fun of having just it's just for having fun, and uh, that's an area that we're really looking for. Uh, growth, um, and the first way we can do that is by having people that are willing to come on Wednesday nights and help. And so that's really where we're at. They do meet. Uh, um, they meet on Wednesday nights here, also at the uh, Civic Center. Um, and uh, you know, summers come around, then we'll hit uh, small groups again. We really want it to be like a small group where these kids know, like, this is special, like, spe- and specific just for them. And so that's also a really great way to uh, serve is on Wednesday nights in our uh, in our kids group. Yeah. And uh, Kristen had told me that you guys have a, a cool idea for par- parental involvement, not just parents, any couples, uh, to be involved with something cool with kids coming up soon. So if that excites you just a little bit, ask Becca or Kristen after after service and uh, just see see what they're thinking about. And listen, you can ask a question without signing up for life, okay? You can ask a question and say, well, that's not for me still, but ask a question, get inquisitive, start finding some of those, some of those things. Um, let me let them talk. Uh, I, I did wanna ask you, and I get, did give them a heads up on this. I read an article a couple of months ago about the need for males in working with kids. So would you guys speak to that a little bit? So um, unfortunately we do we're, live in a day and age where um, several children do not have a positive male figure in their life, whether yeah. it's they don't have a, you know, a father, they don't have a grandfather, don't have an uncle, they don't have a positive influence in their life. And so that's, we want children to come to church to see positive male figures. And we have, a, we have one of our male servers back there right now as we speak, uh, painting with the kids. I mean, <laughs> and I know that may not sound like a lot, but the kids leave seeing him yeah. as a positive role. And not only that, we uh, also really love for, um, you know, for the kids to see relationships, whether it's mother-daughter duos or son-father son duos, husband and wife duos. It's really important for kids to see relationships also, not just a positive male figure, but positive female figures and positive relationships because we want them um, coming to church to see something that they may not ever see anywhere else. We want them to leave knowing like, I want a relationship like that, yeah. or I want to grow up to be like that man or that woman. I Amen. want a husband like him or a wife like her. So I think it's just so important Amen. to have that. Amen. Yeah, and uh, I want to actually start mine off with uh, two scriptures. Uh, one's from Proverbs 22:6. It says, direct your children onto the right path. And when they are older, they will not leave it. And then 1 Peter 5, 2 and 3 says, Care for the flock that God has entrusted to you. Watch over it willingly and not grudgingly. Not for what you will get out of it, but because you are eager to serve God. Don't lord it over the people assigning to your care, but lead them by your own good example. And uh, it's so important important that we... we uh, get our kids into church, get our kids on, on Wednesday nights and then kids ministry. And I know in uh, 2019, it, it, a lot, I've heard a lot of parents say, you know, I'm not going to make my kids go to church because mm-hmm. then they're just going to get out of it and they're going to get tired of it. But there's so many uh, people that 
friends that I hang out with now that, that are leading on this stage at, during worship and, and uh, working with kids that grew up in church. We have right. Micah. I mean, he was in church since he was born. He, he, I talked to him before this service, and he said he was probably born in church. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, that's a perfect example. Um, and so we really, I encourage you to bring them here. I mean, at, at least until they're 18 when they go off, go to college, and make their own decisions. But it's, it's our duty yeah. to raise our kids up Absolutely. right and the right way. I don't have kids right now, but when I do have kids, it, it will become my duty. But, and also, we need to have male leadership in teens because in 2019, like Becca just said, there's broken homes. There, there's homes where either the parents aren't there at all uh, there's homes where the father isn't there at all or that the father's just, you know, just a low life who doesn't even care about their kids that might show up one or once or twice in their lives. And, uh, and, and the guys here, the male figures here at our church, we need to step up and be those role models in those, uh, those kids' lives. And uh, I think it's super important because not only that, that we're teaching, you know, these guys how to be gentlemen, and how to serve the Lord. We're also being great uh, role models to the ladies that walk in because some of them, they don't have dads. They don't know yeah. how a guy is supposed to treat them. Right. They don't know how a guy is supposed to you know, respect them. So we really need those male role models. And I haven't hit on women because we have a great women leadership at 2011 Teens. They do a great job, and they pour into our teenagers' lives. So I'm really grateful for that. Amen. Um, I didn't say earlier uh, when I was talking about needs, specific needs we have for Easter, but we, need, we actually have some needs for Easter for k kids, some extra people to help out because we'll have a big crowd that day. So uh, how easy is it for someone to just jump in there and help out just for Easter? It's really easy. We have our regular servers that are going to be back there that would love to have an extra person to, you know, run a child to the bathroom or help them write their name or blow the boogers. <laughs> um, we will literally hand you the resources that you need for that day, but we also would love, you know, the best thing for a child to see when they walk into a room is another smile. And uh, yeah. we need people like that. It's very easy to get connected. And you can talk to me or whoever's back there. And uh, we would love to have you in two weeks. Awesome. Thanks, yeah. Becca. Thanks, uh, Justin. Appreciate you <laughs> updating us on kids and teens ministry. One, la one last ministry I want to make sure. Uh, come on out. I've asked Kurt if, if uh, Kurt would come share. Kurt is director of prayer ministries here at 2911. And I've asked him to come out and uh, just share with you because I, I think I think a lot of people you know people see the surface they don't see all the stuff going on behind the scenes. So Kurt, share with us about prayer ministries at 2911, all the stuff we don't necessarily know and see. Well, thank you, Rick. I'll, yeah. That one's working now. Oh, it is. Thank you, Rick. Uh, b before we go too far, did you actually say that coffee was not important? I think I did. <laughs> Uh, so that could be a game changer for me and my crew. I'm just, I'm just saying no. Prayer is an intentional. The the prayer team is an intentional effort uh, established by Pastor a long time back. But our prayer team is unique. It's it's des designated to cover this church in every area, whether it be uh, ministry, whether it be needs, whether it be health. But it's unique because it's made up of of people like you. And as a matter of fact, 46 of you are on the prayer team, and we're excited about that. 
uh, 46 people uh, numerous times a day, sometimes many times a day, we get prayer requests in. And the prayer team takes those requests and we pray for those. That's one aspect of it. But the prayer team, the, the 46 people, it's not just praying for a need that's coming over the, uh, the internet or a telephone or a, a, a personal call, but it's, it's, it's given so that the prayer team can not only pray for that need, but also every day praying over the situation of the church, the, uh, the faith of the church, the pastor and his health, the vision. A lot of things go in, into the prayer team and rather than just a couple of times we get a, a request. Uh, the prayer team has three levels. And if you're interested, uh, this is how it's made up. Uh, level one is 46 people are on the prayer team. And all of these 46 get a, a call or a message from us with a prayer request so that we have a need and here it is. Well, we've also asked them during the week to pray for the pastor, pray for the church, pray for the people, pray for all the situations and, then, and use that as an incentive to help you in your prayer walk. Well, secondly, we have what we call pre-service prayer. And you may have noticed some people huddling or gathering, but that's for, because we believe that when we come to church on our services, we wander around and we pray over the, the atmosphere. We pray that there'll be a faith, uh, an atmosphere of faith and belief. And we also believe that we pray specifically for pastor and the ministry teams that are working that day so that they can fulfill their calling. And then the third level of, of the prayer team is unique. It's a little more personal, but it's the ones you see at the altar. We have an altar team. And these are the ones that personally interact with people when we have needs and when pastor calls us up at the end of the service. And so they're the liaison. They're the connection between the sermon and what God is speaking on their heart. And so we're really excited about being a part of that. And you can join us by means or, or fill out a request by church2911. Prayer at, prayer at church2911.com. Yep. Send a request in there or give us any of your information you need. Or check out the website. There's easy ways to touch us. Yeah. Okay. Uh, also, talk a little bit about, you know, one of, one of my concerns as a pastor is, is you guys understanding the need for praying with somebody. You know, not only is it important for me to pray myself, or to, and I can't pass, just pass off my prayer request. Talk to us a little bit about the need to pray Thank with you, someone. It's unique because somehow or another we think the, the gospel is a private issue. Well, it is, but God calls us to share. You know, it's actually told us that where two or three believers are gathered together and call on his name, it'll be done. And so what pastor's given us the opportunity is that once we've heard the word of God, once we've quickened in our hearts and say, God, I know that's my need. I know that I can go. But when we would discharge that with someone else, we've, we've incorporated a gospel truth. Yeah. God is hearing it, and God says, I can answer that. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Kurt. Thank you, Kurt. Just, just stay with me for a moment. So we're about to wrap up, and um, uh, I, I want to share just a, just a couple of things with you, just I guess for prayer for you to think about. One of them is the stuff coming up in uh, the calendar. Uh, in go ahead and throw those those dates up there. Next week is our tenth anniversary. Um, tenth anniversary of, of being a church. Church twenty nine eleven. We were launched on actually on Easter in uh, two thousand nine. And so we've, we've normally counted Easter as our, as our uh, anniversary, I guess, we go by a Jewish calendar. And, uh, so, uh, but this year we're celebrating the week before, and there's a little bit of a reason for that, and it's in this, because the next week is Easter, okay? And uh, we want to take advantage of both days. One of the things we try to do at 2911 is not just give you a reason, give you an excuse. You know, you know the difference in an excuse and a reason? To, to me, an excuse is a contrived reason. 
It may not be the reason, but it's something you kind of contrive. We contrive reasons for you. We contrive excuses for you for you to be able to invite people to come to church or to small group. We, we contrive those things. And so next week is 10th anniversary. Anyone you know that has ever even come in the door one time at 2911 and they're not connected to another church, this week I want you to invite them to be at the 10th anniversary celebration next week. You know, you've got, an, you've got a great excuse. You know, somebody that you think, man, they need to be in church. If they've come here one time, invite them to come and be a part of that. It'd be a great time been, and, and an easy excuse for you to invite them. And then the next week is Easter. Here's what I believe. I believe every living being on the face of the earth ought to be in church on Easter. Everyone ought to be in church thanking God for what, even if you're not a Christian and you, but, and you understand what's happened, I think everybody ought to be in church on Easter. And so over the next two weeks, I want you to be praying about, and I want you to be open to God speaking and maybe pointing somebody out to you in your life. Maybe, maybe you cross paths with someone you haven't crossed paths with in forever. Hey, it's been happening to me a lot over the last several months, and I think it's because I've been making a, even a more conscious effort to invite people to church, invite people to small group. And God's just giving me these opportunities because I'm paying attention and they're there. I want you to be doing the same. Pray about it and, and, and try to get in tune with what God is showing you. All right, and here's the last thing. Is, uh, last week I wrapped up asking you, you know, what's your ministry dream? I want to tell you mine. Okay, I, I shared a little bit of just some things that touch my heart and break my heart. I want to tell you something that's been on my heart now for several years is this thing that God has done at 2911, it's still doing, it's not over. I don't, I don't know how much higher that 69% can go. Because, I mean, once we got to 60%, I was thinking, man, things probably going to slow down a little bit. You know, it's going to be hard because we got to get more unchurched in than we get church growing, that kind of a thing. And, uh, but it's still going. It's still, I don't know how far that can grow. You know what? I want to see that happen somewhere else. I feel, you know, this isn't just something I want. Okay, I said want there, but I feel... I feel challenged as a minister. I feel challenged as a pastor. The heart of the evangelist that is in me, I mean, I've got one because this church is about reaching people, you know, not just reaching somebody else's members. And that heart of the evangelist that is in me also, I feel compelled that we need to plant a church. We need to plant churches. We need to or start other campuses or, or, or something. We need to be doing that because... Imagine if we if we were able to take what God is doing here take that and even if it's just a hundred people That become a church somewhere else and they have the same percentage we do that means there are 69 people Then that will be in church that were not in church before we planted that location But what if it's more than that 200 300 four? What if they grow to be bigger than even this first mother church or whatever that started this then it'll be even more than that and, and like I said, I don't just want to do this I feel burdened to do this. I want you to be praying with me. We've got so many of the pieces of the puzzle that are already there. I think there's probably like two pieces of the puzzle that aren't quite there yet. And they're pretty big pieces. So I want, I want, you, to, I want you to pray with me that if this, if this really is something God's laying on the pastor's heart, this vision to plant something else or to plant another campus, a, a totally separate church or whatever, that he makes that happen. He brings these last two pieces in. He helps us. Maybe they're already here. We just hadn't seen them yet. I want you to be praying. Will you pray with me about that? That, that this part of the vision of what God, that if he's doing this for, I want to see this happen everywhere else. I don't know of another church that's got 69% of their regular attenders. We're not going anywhere else. I think this needs to be duplicated. I feel 
I, I feel compelled to duplicate this in some, some means, in some capacity, somewhere else. So I want you to be praying with me about that. You've been listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. If you have a prayer need, our prayer team and staff would love to pray with you. You can send us your prayer request by using the email address prayer at church2911.com. If you would like to know more about our church, including information about our weekly services, please check out church2911.com. Thank you for listening. We hope you know that God has an amazing dream for you. And as always, we dare you to dream.